You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you're smiling. Hey you, bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly, crack a smile. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to today's show. For today's podcast, today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space. So you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at podgo dot co. And a matter of fact, don't forget to go on ahead and tell them that Movie Loves You Night sent you. Hey, my friend. How you doing? Hey. Am I coming in clear and good? Oh, yeah. You're coming in good, man. You're coming in really good. Okay. How you been doing, Crichton? Oh, good, good. That's good. So I'm just going to go ahead and introduce the show, and then we'll go on ahead and get, get on with the movie news. All right, man. All right. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show for tonight's podcast. I actually have Crichton Hobbs with us tonight, and we're going to be talking about the boy season two previews that they just posted up today. Ray Fisher calls out Joss Whedon as abusive on the set of Justice League. And Gemmo Del Toro shot less than half of Nightmare Alley before shutdown. But um, I think you had some other stuff that you wanted to add into this segment, Crichton. So what did you want to uh, put in your segment? Oh, well, first I want to say thank you for having me on the show. And um, it's really great uh, being on here because, you know, I was your first interview. Right. <laughs> yes, that is correct. You were actually one of my first interviewers and everything. And I do Ooh. appreciate you being on the show again. And I I always enjoy having you on the uh, show. Thank you, man. And it's great to be on here for sure. You're welcome. Anytime. Uh, well, um, so I guess you want to start off with my stuff real quick and then we can jump into what everybody wants to hear about. Sure. I, I, as a matter of fact, this is actually some behind the scenes kind of stuff though in case anybody actually does want to get into independent filmmaking and uh contracts deals with other studios and stuff like that so this might actually be helpful to them right and so. this, this really applies to anybody who wants to go out there and make films you know um but i uh am battling at the moment with amazon amazon video because um they right now, well, with the whole you know coronavirus that's going on, um, 
they're taking extra, extra long time because everybody's working remotely. They're working from home. Right. right. So, but they've also realized that let a lot of things be released that shouldn't be on Amazon Prime. You know, they've uh, become very tougher on their stuff that they're releasing. Meaning, um, like, they're, they're really, really watching it. And they're just being extra kind of tough on filmmakers. And with us filmmakers as well, we have all, uh, probably a couple months ago, we kind of got the rug yanked out from under us. Where, like, okay, originally, we was getting paid probably 15 cents per hour, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, which is really, that's, that's a good rate. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what, that's why anybody who would make a film would be like, oh my God, I got a chance to make my money back, you know. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And uh, you can go ask Diego that, and he'd be like, yeah, that's a good, good deal. Well. Currently, it's at one cents. One penny. Yeah, so a lot of filmmakers are really upset, and I can understand why. Me too. And and, um, so they're like, well, you know, if it gets up on Amazon, great, but I'm looking elsewhere. That's why, like, People who make independent films or, yeah, things of that nature, it's like, well, why isn't it on Amazon? This is the reasoning. Why? This is the behind the scenes, straight from the horse's mouth, what's going on there. Right. And I have a question, though. Like, what made them drop that uh, rate that they promised you? I mean, was it like a last-minute decision with Amazon, or was it... Just like, you know what, we're a big major company. We don't really care about independent filmmakers as much as we thought. So we're just going to get you down to one cent rather than two cents? Well, I think, honest to God, this is what I think that Amazon saw what Netflix was doing. Because, you know, Netflix, uh, if you kind of do your history, for a while there, they were buying stuff right like right off of Sundance and, uh, you know, Sundance Film Festivals and Cannes. They were like, oh, my God, this documentary is awesome. We want to buy it. Now, if you've noticed, everything's internal. Right. Uh, With Netflix, it's like they make their own movies. They make great movies. And they're kind of like, well, you know, why should we buy it for, you know, a hundred grand when we could just buy it for 30? You know, right. If if it's even meets our standards, so <laughs> I think Amazon has kind of uh, followed those footsteps because I don't know if you've noticed with Amazon videos, they are coming out with just left, right, left, right original series. Right. And uh, I mean, like. I mean, I, I'm I, I'm watching stuff on Amazon Video, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really great! You know uh, that they did an airplane movie. I think it was seventy four hundred or something. Yeah, uh, what jo- Joseph Gordon Lovitz was in that. Yeah, that was like so great. 
you know. And... I've been meaning to check that one out, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it's just brilliant how whoever shot it was just like the camera angles on it and stuff. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like movies, like in a, what you would see in a movie, you know? Right, exactly. So I think that Amazon is kind of doing that, but they're trying to, you know, wing themselves from... The, the very people that got them started up, independent film guys like me and other other guys out there. Right, because if you think about it, it seems like now, now that you mentioned everything, it seems like now they're just mainly focusing in on their original content rather than their documentary series and stuff like that. It's like, okay, so we're getting our subscribers. We're getting them built on our uh, our own stuff, our own content. So we basically don't need independent filmmakers like we thought or anything like that. So yeah. we're just going to go on ahead and push them off to the side and just focus on our original content, which is the wrong way to go about it. Right. You know? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, just look at how much money Amazon forked out for the Lord of the Rings series. Oh, my gosh. Over a billion dollars and everything? And you mean to tell me that they can't give you guys... Right, <laughs> two two freaking cents. Yeah, so you can. See That's mind boggling. I know it's like, why didn't you? My God, you know. So that's why, like, um, other filmmakers are kind of like, well, all right, well, if it gets out on Amazon, it gets out there. But uh, I'll look elsewhere. You know, where we'll be treated fairly. It, right, because for example, YouTube is getting rid of all their scripted content now. Mm-hmm. Which I never understood the reason why they would even have scripted content to begin with on YouTube. I thought, always thought it was kind of stupid. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because that's not their base. I understand that they were like, okay, I see Amazon. I see Netflix doing their own original content. Let's go in and see if this thing will work with YouTube Red. I'm like, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, well, and like, you know, I'm waiting at the moment with uh, my documentary called How Many Chances about my actual life. And uh, it's based off of the book I had published. And, well, this, I'm telling you, in case Amazon, for whatever reasoning, I don't know, I'm just waiting. But, it, like, for me, myself, and I, I can just speak to if for some reason they reject it, Right. Mm-hmm. I know personally, and I can say this publicly, that the last week of July, and I will send you the link, but there's um, going to be a new website that's going to be out from my production spotlight out in London, England, and there is going to be just hundreds, possibly over a thousand movies that you can watch that People that are just fed up with what's mm. how us filmmakers, <laughs> us indie guys have been treated. Right. And so that's really exciting knowing that there's going to be a, you know, uh, like the guy who's leading the charge of all this. He was uh, a big wig at Warner Brothers at one time. And like all these people at work for my production spotlight, they were people that work for major, major studios, you know. Right. And, 
they got, I guess, tired of the politicking. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so they, they, they're starting their own thing. So to me, that's like a gift for everybody in the world. It's like, oh my God, I can just pay a monthly fee and I've got hundreds of movies that I've never even knew existed. You know? Right. So that's some interesting little news. Okay. But, uh, you know, I wish that, you know, there was like a way for independent like have just an app for independent filmmakers mm-hmm. so we can actually just watch indie films. Yeah. And I think that this, this site that will be published and announced uh, the last week of July, that's where you're going to get it. You know, it's like nothing in there is going to be, you know, you're not going to watch anything that says, you know, Paramount or Warner brothers or, <laughs> Right, Disney. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be right. It's gonna be all indie, good stuff that you know you could just be like, I had no idea. You know, right? Because I like small indie films versus you know me. You 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 heard my yeah. podcast about it. I love mm-hmm. indie films and everything. Yeah, Don't yeah. get me wrong, I love my big blockbuster films, but I like indie films too. I agree. Yeah, man. So. This is going to be a avenue for people that like the different, that like the indie stuff, to see those movies you've never heard about in the mainstream, you know, uh, advertisement. This will be, this is where you can get your fix, I think. All right. I'm going to have to keep an eye out on it. Oh, yeah. I'll send you an email or a Facebook message or something like that because, you know, that's how people over 40 communicate Facebook. <laughs> right. <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. So let's go on ahead and talk about the boys season two preview. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm I'm excited. I am so I am excited. Too. It, it's just they gave me just enough to wet my whistle. <laughs> <laughs> and. To be honest with you, whenever they said season two clip, I was expecting that that cliffhanger that we got from season one, which yeah. would be, which is a whole cliche thing if you think about it. It's like a paint by your numbers kind of trailer <laughs> teaser thing that they that everybody does. Uh huh. But instead, they do a whole entire three sixty, <laughs> and oh my god, the opening thing when you see this thing, where you have. Guns N' Roses, Sympathy for the Devil playing in the background. Right. <laughs> and then you have the government and the guy who plays Gus off of Breaking Bad. I I'm know. like, I'm like, okay, I'm sold. Because mm-hmm. the way he does, th- the way he plays Gus to a T like that, where you have this guy that looks like he's straight and narrow. Yeah, you know, kind of this geeky-looking kind of guy who wouldn't think that he would actually be in that kind of business, right? <laughs> and I could see him doing that kind of slime bally thing as a governor, a governor working in the government. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just so perfectly well done, perfectly well executed. Oh, you know, gosh. yeah. They, I think, when they showed that clip. That that just satisfied all of the fans and you know that watched it. To me, I think that they were like, 
That, I think it was one of them things where I saw it and I was like, I want more, you know? Same here. And, you know, the the, the other thing, too, is I w- I'm not surprised that the government wants to kill off superheroes. Because don't forget, this is also uh, the same person. Uh, don't forget, the superhero winded up killing a bunch of people on an airplane whenever he had mm-hmm. every chance to go on hand and save the people on the mm-hmm. uh, on the plane. Then you also yeah. have the whole entire thing where the leader winds up dying. The leader of the whole entire thing that's yeah. kind of like your Avengers, um, Nick Fury kind of person that's actually a spokesperson for this uh, League of Superheroes. Mm-hmm. And he kills her. Yeah. I mean... So, go on. I, I just, I'm curious about you know, I, I'm probably when it comes out, you know, and I binge watch it, I'm gonna have to take a day to reboot my brain, and then I'm probably gonna rewatch it again, the whole, <laughs> just so I can devour everything and try to figure out the writing of, you know, I was like, see what I really can decipher. Sitting my, uh, what I call the, uh, the recliner director's chair. You know, when you sit in a recliner, the everybody's got that, you know. Right. I have one of those. Yeah. (laughs) But another thing, too, that I wanted to talk about with this, though, was whenever I saw uh, that one anti-hero, it's not an anti-hero, but villain that's working for the government killing other superheroes the way he was killing them, I had goosebumps. I know. And... I'm like, okay, so this is what you're doing. You're killing all the superheroes so that way you can cover up this whole entire organization where you're actually what you create, which you created in the first place. Mm-hmm. And they're playing mm-hmm. damage control if you think about it. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. And, and yeah. Didn't he say <laughs> in that clip that, like, over half the population has got that gene for to be a superhero or something. Yeah, because remember, Stargirl was implanted with that gene. So that's right. So that tells me right there that they probably implanted more people with that gene. Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah. not her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think they may throw us for a curveball and throw somebody in there that's like, hey, guess what might be coming in season three, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. But the thing that really got me, too, was, you know how you have the two superheroes talking back and forth, he kills one of them, and then the other one has the power of fire, and he tries burning him, burning uh, the guy that's actually uh, killing all the superheroes, and he's still alive? Yeah. The look on his face, it's just so haunting. <laughs> I know. It is so it, well acted. It really is. That's how you know when you got a good movie is when you're like, can you believe that? And that one scene, if it sticks out in your mind and you can just say it photographically, then that's how you know you got a great movie or a great oh, for series sure. or something. So, Most definitely. And then... You know, I'm not sure if this is the the son of that guy or anything like that, but he takes the head, and the kid's just watching him, 
and he takes the bunny rabbit playing with the bunny rabbit and gives it back. <laughs> Like, what is going on here? I know. <laughs> I love it. Me I too. Love it. It's uh, such a nice, different take. Um, it really is. You know, the. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm like you. I love the Avengers, and I love DC. I grew, I've got Batman's memorabilia hanging around my office and in, in my room, <laughs> you know. Uh, but it, it's such a nice refresh to see like okay if this superpower if these superheroes were psychotic this is probably how they would really act you know <laughs> right exactly <laughs> it's like i'm getting tired of saving the day this life is yeah. boring let's do an experiment <laughs> to see what happens if we just kill everybody right <laughs> uh, yeah it's uh, like they're I tired mean, of their job uh, <laughs> uh, exactly yeah it's like, oh my gosh, I, I, I am so excited about for when it hits, if Same. it comes out, you know, I, I think everybody's going to be in for a really, really good, wonderful and tasty treat. I think so too. And I want to talk about one more thing. And then if you want to, you can add something else to it if you want. But okay. you remember when he takes that person's mouth and just rips it open? I'm like... <laughs> Like my, you should have saw the look on my face. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, what? WTF? What just happened? Your because, your look, yeah. You should have scr- had someone take a self. You should have took a selfie <laughs> and said, "This was everybody's expression when they saw this." You know, right? I'm like, shit just got real. <laughs> you know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was great. I mean, it was just like. You know, disturbing, but great. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, uh, for some reason, I'm always into, like, dark humor stuff. And also on that kind of level of darkness. I, I think yeah. I might need to see a psychiatrist for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. is there anything that you wanted to add to that scene? Or anything that you really liked from it? Or you, um, you're... I think you covered it, man. I mean, honestly, okay. I I love that, you know, uh, with the whole bunny thing. You know, like, <laughs> I like, what? You know? <laughs> that reminds me of, remember uh, Ben Affleck's movie the uh, with John Bernthal and him, where they're brothers? Yeah. Uh, you know, um, the accountant. The accountant, that's it. Yeah. yeah. And they're they're facing off against each other, and then after everything's all said and done, so you're gonna come by my house later? I'm like what? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, man. It's just. Uh, oh yeah, I really think it's gonna be good. This I think so too. Yeah. I really do. This is gonna be a great yeah. show. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm gonna go into a little bit of Joss Whedon news. That's right. Everybody's actually talking about right now. Yeah, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna back back a little bit with the Age of Ultron stuff that I know about, Mm -hmm. because I don't know if you know anything about what happened behind the scenes with Uh Age of Ultron. No, uh -uh. because like you know, after the first Transformers movie, I was kind of like, you you mean the Avengers? I I mean, uh, yeah. Sorry, the event. No, I'm sorry. I was thinking. I thought you said Transformers. No, no, no. I, thought, uh, I was going to say, shit, after the first Transformers movie, I kind of was like, yeah, they're robots fighting, you know? <laughs> no. Uh, my bad, my bad. It's okay. 
But Joss Whedon directed the very first Avengers movie, and then he directed Age mm-hmm. of Ultron. And I don't know if you remember hearing any rumblings on the set or anything like that with Joss Whedon or anything. Not right offhand. It doesn't ring a bell. I don't remember okay. anything. So I'm just going to backtrack a little bit, and then I'm okay. bringing it back up to the light on this situation. Because I actually All do right. believe this actor, I do believe Ray Fisher on what he's actually saying about Joss. Because mm-hmm. of certain events that happened pr- before this. Uh, so, in 2014 or 15, whenever there was actually filming Age of Ultron. And, basically, Joss Whedon was on a cane, being grumpy to the everybody on the set and everything. I understand that the guy was probably fatigued of his own movie and stressed out. But... You know, there is a such thing as professionalism whenever you're doing yep. stuff like this. And, you know, I and this is this is 100% true because John Schnepp, rest his soul because he's passed away, but he was actually doing a junket and everything, and he was talking about how rude he was towards the people on the set, how wore out he was. He was basically like the Clint Eastwood of get off my lawn. <laughs> Yeah. kind of thing mm-hmm. and I'm like dude you're directing one of the biggest movies mm-hmm. and everything that everybody's excited for I understand that you're victim of your own movie I understand there's a lot of pressure on one person and everything and you don't have anyone else to share that stress with but come on but you you have you every right yeah. right because I know you as a director and everything you always have that family type feeling Towards your yeah. actors and act- actresses and makeup mm-hmm. artists, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, you know, um, I, I can speak on experience here, and you probably can ask uh, Diego this, and he will tell you the same kind of thing. But like, if you're doing a movie and you got a actor or actress, right, the lead actor or actress or even a co-actor or actress that comes onto the set and just one of them walks in and they got a bad attitude. They're just, Mm. you know, like when they walk in, like the rest of the camera people, your key grips, the carpenters, even the guys like bringing lunch is like, there's that asshole. You know (laughs) Right, exactly. And it rubs off and it puts a sour taste in your mouth. And uh, and if it don't show in the film, it shows after the film. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> because one person can actually ruin your whole entire day if you let them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially when you're trying to get the best you can out of your actors or actresses and stuff like that, and there's always that one that just seems like they just woke up, said a couple of lines, and then went back to sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I mean, treat people with respect and everything, you know? But Yeah. And, uh, you know, this guy, Josh, and, like, I, I read what the actor, um, oh, gosh, what's his name? No, is his name Josh? No, uh, Ray Fisher. Ray, yeah, Ray. Ray Fisher. He, what he said in his tweet, I, if, you, if you put me into a courtroom and you laid it out and said, who do you believe? I would believe right, to be honest with you. Same. Because, like I said, this is not the first time something like this happened. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And yeah, it's like, uh, you know, and it's that that director. I mean, he's just, either he's gotten so much more money than God that he don't care, or he's just, just got an ego about the size of Texas. Right. Either that or he just got fatigued of doing Justice League because he was taking over mm-hmm. the reins from Zack Snyder because he had to go and check on his daughter because, well, not check on his daughter because his daughter wow. actually committed yeah. suicide. But, yeah. you know, he was taking over another director's position and you're going to treat somebody else's, uh, else's actors yeah. like crap because you're having mm-hmm. a crappy day. Right. I mean... Yeah, thank God uh, Snyder's cut is coming. So. <laughs> thank God for that, because I'm yeah. excited. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't wait! Especially <laughs> after that that scene they showed with uh, Dark Seed. Dark Side, yeah. Dark, dark, dark Side. Dark, it's okay. Dark I have a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, it's okay. But, uh, I mispronounced some yeah. names too. I'm like Dark, dark Seed, yeah. and then I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. But I mean, so if when they just teased us with that, I was like, okay, I'm I'm down. I will just keep HBO Max on my phone, and I was waiting all day for it. Same here. Um, but yeah, the based off of Ray's Fisher's tweet, it said Josh Whedon's on the set uh, set treatment of the cast and crew of Justice League was gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable. He was enabled in many ways by. Jeff Johns and John Berg. So the two people that are actually in charge of Warner Brothers, Jeff Johns is actually in charge of the DC property. He's like the Kevin Foggy of of the DC world. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Foggy is right. the one who does the Marvel stuff. Yeah. So he's like that in that kind of position. Yeah. So, you know, in the same crap and everything, and you're not even listening to the people that, that's, you know, that's behind the scenes with the CEO. Come on, right? I mean, it's like, dude, if you, you know, <laughs> it's like, if this was your last film of doing this, and you treat people like that, then you just need to go on comedy or <laughs> or <laughs> drama or try something else, man, you know? Exactly. Or take a, take a couple of years off and then rediscover yeah. who you are as a director. That's yeah, what I exactly. recommend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if you're... Because the way I see it is, if you know you're short-tempered, if you know that you're getting fatigued of directing, if you know that other people are sending you off, take a step back a little bit backtrack a little bit and be like, am I the problem or am, or is the actors or actresses the problem? It, check mm-hmm. yourself. It's all about yeah. self-examination. Mm-hmm. And, it, it really is. And if you checked on your box and saying, hey, I need, I'm the problem. I need to go on ahead and fix me before I direct another movie. I'm going to take, take a step break. I'm going to come, I'm going to commence them. I said, okay, you're accepting you're, you're accepting who you are as a person. You're accepting the fact that you need to take a break. And I'm okay with that. You know? Right. Take some accountability mm-hmm. for your actions. Don't blame yeah. it on other people. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, so. I, I don't even know what this guy is working on. Like, I don't even know what his. To be honest with you, to be honest with you, he was attached to do a Batgirl movie, and then after all the bad reports with Justice League, they decided to pump the brakes with that. (laughs) Wow, Warner Brothers made a smart move. Right? (laughs) God bless them. But yeah, I mean, I'm hoping for the best for Joss. I'm hoping for the best for Ray Fisher as well. Maybe there might be some peace at the end of the tunnel for the both of them. Yeah. You know, but Joss, man, if you're you're listening to this, which I know he probably isn't, (laughs) just just take a breather, dude. Just go Musa and take a break and everything. Check yourself. Analyze yourself and come back later on and everything. Rediscover who you are as a director. That's all I ask for. Yeah. And, you know, that's what anybody who's followed his work would ask, you know, I mean, that's just what, or, you know, that you said it the nice way. Most people would be like, please don't do another one. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. but here's the thing. I'm a person that always roots for a comeback, regardless of how crabby somebody treats somebody or anything like that. For example, yeah. Shia LaBeouf, I used to call him Shia La douche all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And and as time went on and everything, he started doing acting again and he started winning me over with his acting chops. He started calming himself down. He's no longer the 21-year-old asshole that we know him as. Yeah. Or anything. So, I'm perfectly fine with Shia now. And he's not stealing other people's artwork like he did before and claiming it as right. his own. So, you know, I'm just glad. He, I'm glad that he has uh, found his way again. You know, me really, too. I really am. And like he stopped that. You know, taking off his shirt, wearing a beard, and rapping <laughs> about something that made no sense. You know, like, no. <laughs> I was like, I, I was watching that, and I was like, this is why children should not do drugs. <laughs> you know, exactly because he was out there for a while. You yeah. know, As a matter of fact. Did you know that he was paying people to come into the theater and see him with a bag over his face? (laughs) I'm serious. What? (laughs) What in the world? Right? I'm like, I'm not paying $100 to see a bag over your face, Shia. You're not Prince. Uh, Yeah, right. That'd be something that Prince would do. Uh, Yeah, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but still, I mean, I appreciate what Shia is doing now. He did a good job with Honeycomb, uh, Honey Boy. And then he did Borg versus Macaro. He did a good job with that. Uh, then the Peanut Butter Falcon. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I heard so, you talk about that one. Yeah. I just love that movie. It's so heartfelt. It pulls on your heartstrings. And even Honey Boy is really good, though, too. It's on Amazon. Yeah. And I want to say Bork versus McEnroe's on there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah, well, see, and that that goes, and that just should prove to anybody, you know, no matter what obstacle you're going through in life, you can turn it around. You right. can. There's there's light at the end of the tunnel. And I exactly. Think with, and all this craziness that's going on in the world, 
And, you know, now that we have flying snakes, uh, which is insane, <laughs> flying snakes. Oh, um, see, see, you come from Boston, correct? Am I right. right? Yep. When you got to Mississippi, did you freak out when you saw a flying cockroach? To be honest with you, I was actually born in Boston. I was raised down here my whole life. Oh, okay. So flying cockroaches was, yeah, you were used to it. Right. Because here's the thing. Um, I was, like I said, I used to go up to Boston for like three months during the summertime to visit my grandparents and stuff like that, because I still have family up there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I never actually fully on lived there. There was actually a time back in 97 where we were going to go on ahead and live back up there again, but it just didn't work for us. So we moved back down here in 98 or something like that. But yeah, flying cockroaches doesn't bother me or anything. I'm like, I got (laughs) raised. It's like, I got raid right. for your ass. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I tell people that's not from around here, I'm like, look, you got to watch out for flying cockroaches. And they're like, what? You know? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, they're like, yeah, are we living in Jurassic Park? I'm like, no, this is just the south, you know, Gulf Coast. Don't worry, we don't have the big spiders like we have in Australia. <laughs> yeah, right, I know. <laughs> so... Although we might be getting that in a couple of months since we're actually in the, <laughs> since we're living. Right. <laughs> in the world of flying snakes, you know. Right. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's when I wake up now, yeah. I'm just like, I wonder what part of the revelations that we're actually going to be visiting today. Right. right. <laughs> Welcome to level seven of Jumumji, you know. Exactly. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> I know this has gone off the rails a little yeah, right. I'm loving the yeah. conversation. <laughs> right. But, but, but hey, man, I'm having a blast with this. This is actually fantastic. Not so good, man. Uh, let's see here. So I'm a big fan of Gilmore Del Toro. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you heard about Nightmare Alley until until I mentioned it. Uh, it I seems like, I don't know, maybe in like, one of the news feeds or something. I've seen that title, but I don't know much. I'm I'm pretty naive when it comes to this movie and title okay. and stuff. So I'm okay. So basically, I was excited whenever this movie was actually first announced because I love the concept of a corrupt con man that teams up with a female psychiatrist to trick people into giving them money. Wow. Yeah, this is actually, I feel like this is going to be a psychological thriller rather than a horror movie from Gilmore than than what we're used to. And the whole fact that you can actually use a psychiatrist to get into the minds of other people to do reverse psychology on them to give you money. That's what I'm seeing it as. Uh Yeah. Huh. What has he, has, has the studios or anything kind of given out any hints or any leaks or anything? Or? No, get this. It's actually been kind of quiet, to be honest with you, for a change. Oh. And I don't know if it has anything to do with COVID or not, because even before then, they weren't really giving out too much information. And you get this. Uh, he, uh, matter of fact, why I'm re- this is why I'm reporting it is because uh, is that he actually shot less than half of Nightmare Alley. Because of the COVID. Mm. Um, this is what he said in a statement. He goes, 
re uh reacted super fast. We were supposed to uh we su- we proposed the studio to stop as opposed to being asked to stop. They saved us. Nobody to my knowledge in the case of the crew got coronavirus. We were only 45% in. We were literally in the middle of a great scene. We went to lunch and talked to the studio, and then we came back. We said, everybody, leave your tools and leave now. And then he also said, in stop motion, you have many sets nearby, one another in a warehouse-like space. You can have 10 sets in one space. We have to create a protocol where we now space the sets a certain number of feet. We created different shifts so no one is exposed in this moment. Security is uh, security is uh, paramount health. Safety is the number one co- uh, concert. We got to get uh, we got to get used to it. I don't think we can go back to what we consider the old normal. Everything will be a little altered. Yeah. So. You know, he is uh, filming again, but like he said, he has the set pieces separated and everything. So I thought that was actually pretty cool. That is, that is really great. And, you know, to me, and this is just coming from experience, when you have a studio or, you know, whatever the reasoning is, and they tell the director, the producer, the executive producer, and the actors, and all the other people, look, You've got to slow down, you know, slow down filming. A lot of times that works to the advantage of the film. It really does. Yeah, because they're they're like, ah, we are not on a tight, tight schedule. We can can shoot this scene 40 times, you know. (laughs) Right. Another thing, too, is I like the fact that Gilmore said that he wanted to stop filming. And he stopped because of the coronavirus. So I I love the fact that he had respect and love for his crew. And like, you know what, screw it. I'm not, I don't care what anybody says. We're going to keep on filming. Like Matt Reeves, for example, he said, I don't care about this coronavirus mess. I'm going to keep on filming. And then the next day, Matt Reeves, uh, production (laughs) on the Batman stopped. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what happened, Matt? You still there? there? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Oh my gosh! See that to me, I've got kudos, respect to, um, you know, to for the director that said that. You know, that's right. just like stop. You know, yeah. That to me, it reminds me of. Um, he, he, you know, who he reminds me of is Joel Schumacher as True. as a director because, you know, I never met Joel Schumacher, but I've heard stories of you know people that's met him and everyone that I've talked to that's met him when he was alive they always said he was the most kindest wonderful greatest person director because it didn't matter if he was the guy just giving out donuts or (laughs) if he was uh, the person running the camera he made it a point to speak to each and every person there and talk to you like a person right you know and it sounds like to me that that guy he sounds like a a joel schumacher type of you know what i mean i agree i can actually see that to be honest with you you know how you were talking how you were asking me about if there was like any footage leaked from Mm -hmm. this thing you know what else is surprising though 
like with Edgar Wright's new movie too, that also didn't get any type of leak leakage as well. Even the plot details is very uh, short. Whenever you're looking at the short details for his new film, mm-hmm. I don't know if yeah. you heard about that movie. What which movie is it? Uh, Last night in Soco is Edgar Wright's know. new movie. Oh, okay. And Socho. Um, it's a psychological horror film. Oh, wow. And that's all I know. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that's the best way. You let, you got to leave, you know, the audience to be like, ooh, I want to see this, you know? <laughs> right. It's, it's fun, you know, to do it like that. Exactly, because I like a little bit of mystery behind this whole entire thing, just like Gilmore's doing. Uh-huh, you know exactly, and you know I like the fact that he's only giving us just a little bit of the tip of the iceberg on what this film's about, and not yeah. going into full detail. Yeah, and we're just—he's going to wait for the trailer to drop, and then people's going to have a million more questions. You know, <laughs> right? Because I promise you, he's just going to drop this, just like how Tenant was, where yep. we're not even going to know anything of what this film's going to be. <laughs> right. I agree. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Hello? Oh no. Hello? <laughs> oh. I hope um <clears throat> Hey, Crichton. I think hey, I lost you I for a minute. <laughs> it's okay. I think I lost you for a minute or two, but it's okay. We, we're oh, back right. on track yeah, now. I, I hope it wasn't my end, was it? I don't know. But anyways, I know that sometimes with Anchor, the way it works, sometimes it does got it a little bit because they are doing updates. So, right. <laughs> so, uh, so anyways, we were talking about Gilmore Del Toro. Mm-hmm. And about the social distancing thing too that he was doing, yeah, which is totally different because I even told Diego I don't know if you uh, if you remember in the interview I was like, how do you actually do social distancing when you're doing being a director? Yeah, you know, uh, I, you know, I can't remember what Diego said and. But I am sure that, I mean, to me personally, as someone who's directed movies and stuff, yeah, it's like I got to use my common sense, you know, uh, type of thing. It's like I, I've, I need to guidelines to, you know, whoever put out the guidelines. But it's like, you know, I just need to um, figure out how to do this safely <laughs> and that type right. of thing. And I think a lot of it too, it comes to trust. If it's like, I know if I was directing a movie and it was somebody that I knew personally and they're like, yeah, I've been tested. I'm good. You know, that kind of thing. Then I would be more uh, open to getting closer shots. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know? understand. But yeah. It's kind of like that. But then again, 
you know, there's right. protocol. Right. What Diego said was they just went on ahead, closed up shop altogether since Atlanta actually yeah. did stop the production at that time. Mm-hmm. So I actually have to give them praise on that part. Oh, uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that Del Toro thought of a way to actually do it in a way to where they can do social distancing and direct at the same time, which I never. Oh, yeah. That's actually the first time I ever heard of a director doing something like that. Yeah, that's like the first time I've I've heard of it, you know. So that's that's kudos to him. I'm, right. And great. Right, because I was thinking, okay, do you yell across do actors <laughs> just yell across each other six feet away? <laughs> or, the old yeah, the old uh nineteen twenties, thirties directing when they had that big microphone looking yeah. thing, you know. Like a, you know, hey, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Or you get like the little coffee uh phones yeah. that just talk back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, look, I'm going to text you and say action, <laughs> you know. <laughs> or, okay, you're going to call this guy an asshole. This other person's going to yeah. call you an asshole, and then we're going to break for lunch. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> so okay. Any questions? Uh, yeah. How do I hit him? I'm going to throw a book at him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I really, I really have to say though, man. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that Del Toro's um got a little bit of, the, of it filmed. I'm excited for this yeah. film, like I said, because I'm a huge Del Toro fan. Oh yeah, yeah, does good work, very good work. I've always been impressed with him. So, uh, but yeah, that I think that's. I think that's very kudos off to him, man. You know, for Same. doing that. That I mean, I just think that's great. Same here as well. Um, I think that's going to cover all the movie news segments. Is there anything else that you would like to actually uh, talk about? Or, um, well, I guess you know, and this is just me, my personal self. But um, you know, we if it's July first right now, and so. The July thirty first, the Umbrella Academy is coming out, mm. and you know th- that is kind of like that was that came out before the boys. Yep, way before and, the boys. Yeah, way before the boys, and so that was like your first different take on uh, superheroes. You know, right. so anybody who likes comic movies or comic series. I really think that the Umbrella, you know, company, though, yeah, that Umbrella, <laughs> what is it, the Umbrella Company? The uh, Umbrella Academy. Academy, oh, uh, yeah. Umbrella You're thinking Academy. of Resident Evil for a minute. Yeah, I, think it, I know, I was getting them all screwed up there. <laughs> hey, I would but, like to uh, actually see zombies in that kind of world. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, <laughs> but I think that's going to be a nice little, little wet our beak kind of thing, you know, uh, before the boys come out. Same here. Um, a matter of fact, I need to actually watch that. I know you told me good things about it. Um, I'm actually currently binging Doom Patrol Season 1. I know that Season oh, 2 just dropped. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's taking me a while to binge Season 1 because it keeps on buffering. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, 
I'm not going to watch this right now. So I've been focusing on another Netflix show and everything called The Order. Oh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've been watching that for season one. And matter of fact, season two dropped last month, I think. So I'm going to I'm going to be watching both of those. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, you just yeah, you're just going to have to take off work for about a week. and. <laughs> I'm sure they'll understand. Yeah, I'm sure they would. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, yeah, um, I'm definitely going to have to check out the Umbrella Academy. I've been, mean- I've been meaning to and everything. I did watch maybe about five minutes of the first episode, which is the pilot episode. Mm-hmm. But I didn't actually give it a full-on view for it. So I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah. And... Uh... Maybe you and I can actually do a review on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll sit there and talk shop about that all day. Okay. Know? And, and uh, well, let's then, see here. Oh, go on. Then, uh, that plus, you know, not only – it's really weird this month. I mean, uh, you know, besides everything that's apocalyptic happening in the world, uh, but <laughs> – <laughs> right. And yeah, but in July it's like, okay, my how many chances documentaries coming out and then the Umbrella Academy's coming out and God knows what else is coming out. I, right. I forgot. That's that's your department. You you can keep right. up with it better than me. <laughs> right. Well, another thing too is I found out too, as a matter of fact I did a report on this yesterday is Ozark is ending next year next season on four seasons. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was, I saw. But... I'm actually happy that they're ending it on yeah. four seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Because, yeah, I, I think that's good. It's a good little number, you know? Right, because I'm going to turn into Kurt Sutter from Sons of Anarchy for a minute. He said, once you get past your fifth season, you become repetitive. Yeah. It becomes repetitious. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. If you already feel like that you already grown your characters to the point where you, you don't think that they can do any more, it's time to end it. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy that they actually decided to do four seasons rather than five or six. Yeah. Yeah, I agree 100% because um, I, I would rather have four great seasons versus 14, you know. Right, seasons. exactly. And then you know, only out of the 14, three were good, you know, right. it's like, God. Prime example, you have Supernatural that's been on forever. Yep, The Walking Dead's another one. Right, and matter of fact, I'm still, I'm trying to get into this new season of Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and it's just hard for me to get into it, and I don't know why, but I'm taking, I'm taking baby steps back into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's just like, Okay, well, I mean, I understand the networks are they got they they got a money cow right now, but right. you know it's like, dang, dude, you know how long are you gonna run it? <laughs> exactly. But hey, as long as people are still watching, they're still gonna yeah. end up putting it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matter of fact, one of my uh, one of my coworkers whose niece is actually in The Walking Dead. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, you know the little girl that plays Judith. Yeah, she's that's that's her niece. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So she's been home for almost two or three months. So she's been enjoying having her around. Yeah. Wow. That's great. 
It is. Yeah. It really is. And then one of my other nurse friends, uh, her niece is actually was in, uh, what's that Stephen King show that was on HBO? The Outsider? Yeah, that was it. Mm-hmm. Okay, remember the girl that was getting attacked at that picnic table? Uh, not, not, not the girl, but the brother who was actually getting attacked by that creature? And it was like yeah. an outside event. The girl's, the the boy's sister was actually the nurse's niece. Oh, wow. So, Dang. yeah, I thought that was actually pretty cool. I mean, she's also been in a, is going to be in a Lifetime movie coming up next year, too. Oh, good for her. Dang. That's awesome. I love to hear that. I love to hear when people that's, you know, had, and they're, they're able to keep going with it. You know, they keep that train riding. And that's really great. Same here. But yeah, I think that's going to be it for the show and everything though, man. Um, I do appreciate you being on and taking the time out of your day to uh, do this with me. Yeah, man, it was fun. It was really fun. And um, and I appreciate you having me on here. Anytime, man. Like I said, it's always an open door to have you on here. Anytime that you just want to, hey, look, you want to do an episode? I'm in. Let's do it. All right. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Seriously, man. uh, It's always a pleasure. And I'm, you know, I cannot wait until your uh, documentary actually drops. Yeah, me too. That makes two of us. So, Yeah. (laughs) 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 well i will for sure let you and everybody know when it drops it will y'all will be the first to find out all right i'm looking forward to man oh thank you all right and tell everyone uh where they can reach you oh i am on uh i'm on facebook so you can go to you know facebook creighton films or how many chances just type that in the search bar and you'll see it pop up Man. All right. And if, uh, you know, you can pick whether you want to add me as a friend or just go look at the page I got with the trailer and stuff. All right. And everyone, you can follow me at all all social media at John DiGregorio85 on Instagram. You can follow me at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Facebook. You can follow me on at John DiGregorio on Twitter and also Movie Lovers Unit on on Twitter as well, and also you can, of course, listen to this podcast on every platform that you can actually think of when it comes down to podcasting, and until next time, bye-bye.